In this episode, I'm going to talk about six things that I wished all new managers knew. I think you're really going to like this one. I definitely enjoyed creating it and writing down this list. So let's get into it. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this week's episode of the Manager Track Podcast. In last week's episode, I shared that I think I need to shout from the rooftop why leadership development is so important for new managers and that companies, no matter what they choose, need to figure out a solution on how to better support their new managers as they transition into leadership in order to set them up for success. I'm disheartened every time that I hear about a new manager who was thrown into the cold water, who's trying to figure this out, who was really set up to fail. And we see this in studies all the time. You've heard me say this before. A range of studies uh, show that between 40 and 60% of new managers fail or underperform in their first two years. And oftentimes, it's not because they wouldn't be capable to do it. But it's because they weren't given the necessary training, support and guidance to make them successful in their role. And as a result, not only the new manager is greatly impacted, it could potentially change the trajectory of their career. It could slow them down because they lose confidence that they're cut out to be leaders. They may not get bonuses and promotions. They're having a really hard time at work and are stressed out or feel overwhelmed or may quit and find a new job, do something different because it's too much or just too draining. But it also impacts all the members on their team. It impacts all their direct reports who are navigating a workplace where the manager doesn't really know what they're doing and what they should be doing and how they should be responding to challenges, how they can support their direct reports, who may make them feel like monkeys on a keyboard or make them feel like their strengths are not seen or respected or they're not recognized at work. And that leads to disengagement, dissatisfaction, and at the end of the day, it impacts the employee's well-being, how they show up in their personal lives as well, right? But it also impacts retention rates overall, and obviously productivity on the team and the company's ability to execute. But that, a bit of a rant on why this is so important and why I feel I want to shout this from the rooftop so that all companies recognize the importance that we don't just need executive coaching for executives and the, the top, most senior leaders. We need to democratize leadership development so that from the day someone gets promoted and is in charge of the team, that they are set up for success. They're giving the resources, the training, the mentoring, the support, the guidance, all of that, whatever seems most appropriate and whatever the company can afford, but they are being equipped with the tools they need in order to be successful. Being a leader is a big responsibility. It's not something we can take lightly. People's daily life and how they feel about work, they spend a lot of time at work, is directly 
impacted by the manager's ability to lead. And actually on that note, Gallup did a study in terms of employee engagement and they say 70% of the variance in employee engagement is directly correlated to the manager's effectiveness. So that's a demonstration of why this is so important. But specifically in this episode today, I want to talk about six things that I wished all new managers knew. And as I sat down to create that list, I realized there are probably a lot more than six, but here are the first six that came to mind from speaking with leaders every single day and running a successful new manager training program, the Leadership Accelerator. By the way, if you want to check that out and learn more about it, then head on over to ramonashaw.com forward slash leadership dash accelerator. The link, of course, will be in the show notes. So without further ado, let's jump into these six things. The first one that I wrote down is that I wished all new managers know that they should ask for help and anything else would be ignorant. You cannot lead based on the skills and the knowledge that you've acquired up until that point in time. Let's say up until Friday, you were an IC. On Monday, you are a new manager. You're now leading a team. You cannot lead that team successfully with the knowledge and the skill that you've acquired so far. It's impossible. So you have to ask for help in order to meet this new responsibility and go through the growth trajectory that is required for you to get there. So assuming that you can just take on that responsibility as if it was just another task, just another project assignment would be very ignorant. So ask for help. You need to ask for help, for mentoring, for guidance, for support, whatever that may be. For example, if you're a new manager and your company is running annual or semi-annual performance reviews, and this is the first time that you're doing it, don't pretend like you already know what to do. That would be ignorant or be ego-driven because you don't want to look like you didn't know what you're doing. But fact is, you don't know what you're doing because you've never done it. Just like with any other skill, we've never done it. We don't know what we're doing. We're going to find out as we do it and we're going to learn through the process. So going back to this example, someone who's done this many, many times over, go ask them and say, hey, I'm doing this for the first time. What do you wish you had known in your first go around with performance reviews. What do you think I should pay attention to, right? So ask, what are the do's or the don'ts? Is there some training out there? Does the company have resources for me to prepare for this? Whatever it may be, ask for help. So that's number one. Number two, although you were chosen as the manager, you were not asked or assigned to create a team of mini use or mini-me's, <laughs> create a team of people who all work the same way as you do, who all do things the same way that you do. And this is an interesting one because I think oftentimes when companies promote someone from within a team, they may say things such as, you are an outstanding engineer, for example. We love the way that you show up, the way you problem solve, your passion for this, your commitment to the company and your drive or your ambition. We wanna promote you and we think you're the right fit to lead this team. What we're essentially saying is, we love everything about you and now can you help us have more people who do work like you do? 
although this may be messaged that way, that is not what you should be doing. What I wished all new managers knew is that you're being given a team of people and each person on that team, they all have different talents and resources that they bring to the table. And they shouldn't be doing it all your way and they shouldn't all become like you. That would be a disempowering and ineffective way to lead. Instead, as a leader, you will have to spend time with every single employee to try to figure out what is their unique asset, what's that makes them different and how can we appreciate those differences and then leverage them so that us supplementing each other and creating symbiosis is what creates superpowers. So even if you got the message that you were the chosen one because you were doing it right and everyone else is kind of doing it wrong or not as good, it doesn't mean that you want to create a team of people who do it all your way. Although it might feel good, it's not the way to go. That was number two. Number three, you don't need to have all the answers. When people come to you and they ask you questions, it's not your job as the leader to have all the answers. I don't think I've ever seen a job description, at least not the current one, one post 2000 or 2010, that said in the job description, you need to have all the answers. You need to have the most knowledge about all the things that your team does. That's not true at all, nor should it be, because each team member has a different perspective and a different exposure to the work or whatever your team is doing. And therefore, they're gaining different and potentially more knowledge than you. And you might hire people who are way better equipped to solve certain problems, who have way more expertise in their particular profession and what they're doing on your team. You do not need to have all the answers. It will make you a better leader when you are trying to help them come to the best answers and you are a sparing partner. You see yourself as a thought partner, as a challenger, as a supporter, as a guide, as someone who can connect the dots and align on the strategy and make sure everyone is really focused on what matters most, right? Set the right goals, but not have the right answers to all the things. Not only is it impossible, but trying to have all the answers will feel disempowering to your team. The fourth one is you got to find your own leadership style. Don't just replicate or don't be too influenced by the leadership style of your manager. And so a little bit of finger pointing at certain managers who lead other managers. Some managers try to create minimis. They try to create managers who are going to manage their team the same way that they manage their team. And they can be really directive. And as a new manager, since this is the first time you're doing this, you may not really know what to do. And so you might be looking to your boss for direction. You might be really open to their advice because your performance measured by your boss. Plus, they clearly have been doing this before. And you might really not, not know what else to do. Sometimes this is very, very helpful. Sometimes this is problematic and especially if their leadership style goes against your values. So if you have a boss who likes to 
be kind of hands-on, be really in the weeds, likes to know and have a lot of information. They like to go deep with their knowledge or the information that they get and know about their team. If that's your boss, but you're someone who wants to encourage autonomy and flexibility or independence, and those are values that you hold dear as a leader and for your leadership philosophy, this may down the road lead to a clash between the two different leadership philosophies. So I encourage all new managers to think about what kind of leader do they want to be? And clarify that first to think about the principles and ultimately the leadership philosophy that they want to embrace. And granted, a leadership philosophy and leadership principles aren't set in stone. They will change over time. But not having any idea and just be reactive to other people's suggestions will not make you a good leader. And I wished all new managers knew that it's up to them to decide. Because the longer that they try to replicate someone else's leadership philosophy or reactive to someone else's suggestions and guidance that doesn't sit well with them, the less they're going to enjoy leading other people. That part of their job probably becomes the most draining and most stressful part because the thing that is least connected to what they value at work. So as a manager, be you. Think about your own leadership philosophy. Then number five, you have to take time in your days, in your week, in your month to get to know your team members. And it's probably about three times as much as you initially think that it takes. And you shouldn't be afraid of that. You shouldn't worry about it. You shouldn't use and see it as wasted time or boring time or ineffective time. No, that's part of your job. That's the thing that should be on your job description. It should say, get to know your team members. Spend quality time with them so you know what strength they have, you know what energizes them, keeps them engaged, you are able to tap into their creativity, you encourage their problem-solving skills, them being innovative, and all that and more. Make time and prioritize direct one-on-one relationships you have with every person on your team, which is, by the way, also one of the reasons why the general rule is not to manage more than eight direct reports. Even eight is a stretch. Because it takes time to get to know people and to be on it, right? Not to get to know them once and then let go, but to have these ongoing conversations happening, to pay attention and do so intentionally and consciously, trying to figure out what works best for each member on your team and then for you to flex your style, to meet them where they're at and how they need you. It's like being a parent. Not every child needs the same kind of parent. As parents, and I have three little ones, I cannot be the same mom to all three of them. They all need me in different ways. And you learn that quickly as a parent. The same is true at work, with people, in relationships, even with friendships. We know that we're not the same friend with every person. We adapt to the good relationships that we have. And the same is true at work. Uh, It's no different. At the end of the day, it's all about people. So that's number five. Number six and our final thing that I wish all new managers knew is that your effectiveness, your ability to lead will not be evaluated or measured based on what you do when things go well. Your effectiveness and who you are as a leader will bubble to the surface when things don't go well, when things are challenging. So if you have an underperformer on your team, it's not that you'd have an underperformer on your team. That's not what your leadership is going to be measured by. 
your leadership is going to be measured by how you handle this underperformer. What do you do with it? How much do you support? How do you coach? And when you make a decision to move that person into a different role or onto a different team, or if needed, to let that person go. How decisive are you? How communicative are you? How clear are you? How fair are you? And all of that. So in a nutshell, your leadership effectiveness isn't seen on sunny days. We can all lead a team and everyone gets along. We're delivering great results. Everything's working fine and smoothly. That's the easy time for leaders. When the rubbery meets the road is when things don't go well. When you have bad news to share, when change is on the horizon, when you have conflict or challenges with team members, when you're short on resources and you don't have enough staff, but too many work projects going, when you have to defend your team's ideas towards senior management because they're not buying into it, that's when people will look to you and measure your leadership effectiveness. So keep that in mind. These are the six things that I wished all new managers knew. And I know there's more to this. So there might be a part two down the road because the list doesn't quite end here. But these were my initial ones. If you found this episode helpful and you know other new managers, I would love if you could support me on that mission to be on the rooftop and shout out these messages. And so passing on the link to this podcast to other new managers who could benefit from hearing this too would be amazing I would so appreciate it I'm grateful for everyone who's recommending the podcast to others sharing these episodes or leaving a review it means a lot to me I love this podcast I have no intention of stopping we keep going and you'll see me again next week so thanks so much have a wonderful day bye for now if you enjoyed this episode then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with This includes my best-selling book, The Confident Incompetent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com slash book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com slash masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.